everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here with the Breaking Big Blue draft episode, right? We're less than a week from the draft, and the Giants have not one, but two first-round picks. So this is going to be a huge draft, and number 37 overall, which is fifth of the second round. So three top 37 picks, an absolutely huge draft for this franchise and for general manager Dave Gettleman. So we're going to run through a little mock draft. I'll go and recap a little bit what Dave Gettleman said at his pre-draft press conference and what I took away from that. And you know what? The rest of this episode will be mostly me answering your questions because you drive this podcast. You are the reason that I'm employed, right? Because you want the information. So I'm here for you. That's my job. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm a service to the Giants fans and the people who want honest opinions on their team. And that's what I try to bring in. So let's start quickly. I'll run down my little mock top six, okay? Because we're going to talk about who are, can the Giants actually get and with pick number six, because that's that's their premium pick, right? Now, if anything, I came away from Dave Gettleman's pre-draft press conference on Thursday, a week before the draft, even more convinced than ever that they're going to go defense with that number six overall pick. Someone asked you, someone asked Gettleman, if there was a chance you get to pick six and all the stud defensive players are gone. And he said, a chance they are all gone? No. Okay, so to me that says he's viewing this draft as getting to number six and saying there is going to be a stud defensive player available. Now here's how I'm kind of looking at it right now, okay? there In my mind, there's probably five elite players. The Giants are picking sixth. All right, the five or four defensive players and Kyler Murray. It's Kyler Murray, Joey Bosa, I'm sorry, Nick Bosa, not Joey Bosa, that's his brother, he's already in the NFL. Giants would take him now. Uh, so it's Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, uh, Josh Allen, and linebacker Devin White, the linebacker from LSU. Okay. Now there's a couple other guys that I think Gettleman considers as the stud defensive players, and they're like the Ed Olivers, the Christian Wilkins, um, maybe Rashawn Gary. Um, possibly Montez, would be Montez Sweat if there wasn't questions about him. We'll get to that in a few minutes. So he views it as, and if I didn't mention Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver. So he views it as there's going to be one of these guys available at six. And the Giants are not, and he was adamant about this again, again. And we heard it from John Mara too. They are not going to reach for a quarterback if they don't have a quarterback rated that high on their board. And in this draft, I do not believe that they have or are going to have a quarterback that high on the board. So, the way I view it playing out right now, this is my little mock six. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray number one overall. And if they don't, there's been a little rumblings I heard that it's possible they could shop that pick, right? But even if they shop that pick and they do end up moving that pick and they get a huge haul for it, they're only getting a huge haul for that pick if someone else is coming up and selecting Kyler Murray. Okay? So, Kyler Murray, number one pick. Number two, the 49ers, I'm going with Nick Bosa. To me, it just makes a little more sense to go with the edge guy if you're them and then the interior guy because they have uh, the Forrest Buck Bruckner in the middle who's already a stud. So, they get, you know, they're talking about 
top level quality players at this at this level anyway. So I'm going with Nick Bosa number two to the 49ers. And that look, you could swap in Josh Allen there, and then Nick Bosa will go lay, you know, probably to the Jets next or, or sometime real quick. You know, either way, doubt he's there for the Giants at six. Really, 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 really doubt it. Number three, I'm going with the Jets. I'm going with Quinnen Williams. Okay, a top player on some boards, just a stud. So the Jets go Quinn and Williams three. And number four, here's where, and this is what the Giants need. And I heard some rumblings about this, so this is why I kind of plugged them in here. They need someone to go a little bit off the grid, a little bit off the board. Okay? So in order for that to happen, in order for them to kind of get that real top guy, because I view it as really the five top guys, they need someone to go off the grid a little bit. So how about the Raiders? Who we all know the Raiders are a complete wild card in the first place. You know, they're the Raiders. They can do anything. Especially now they have John Gruden. Anything's on board with them, right? Now there's there's some talk that they love Kyler Murray, but he's gone. So they're now going to sit there and go a little off the grid. And they're going to take Ed Oliver at number four in this mock draft. So Oliver goes four, and that opens the door for the Giants now. Their eyes have to be opening up. Yes, we can really get those one of those four elite, elite defensive players. Now, at this point now, it's just a matter of whether it's Josh Allen or Devin White. Okay? Now, the Giants would run so fast to the podium for either of those guys, it doesn't really matter. I think they might even have Allen... As the number one player on their board, I think it's possible. So if he was there, they would be just ecstatic. But I don't think the Bucks are going to let Josh Allen go. So I'm picking the Bucks number five of Josh Allen. And that leaves the Giants at number six, sitting there. And they go in a direction that they have not gone since they drafted Carl Banks. Right? Carl Banks. So we're talking about... A long time ago, Carl Banks at a Michigan State, right? In the 1984 draft, I believe he was number three overall. So the Giants take a linebacker in the first round for the first time since 1984 when they select Devin White, linebacker from LSU. Okay, now... Let's go and start talking a little bit about the number 17 overall pick. Now, where do they go in that regard? And I've said this for a while now, and I still believe it. This is where they're more likely to draft a quarterback than six. This aligns more with their board, or what I anticipate their board being, much more than six. Okay? Now, Dave Gettleman said something pretty interesting at his pre-draft press conference the other day. And it was that if they have a quarterback in graded in the first round, that means they love him. So that kind of explains why they would pass on the quarterback at six, which I would never do. Like if I'm going to draft a quarterback, I'm not taking a chance. I'm just taking my top quarterback. If it's a guy I think you could win Super Bowls with, and then I'm running and going away and not worrying about, hey, you know, maybe uh, this guy had a higher grade than him who plays a different position because I, I have to – positional value exists. You have to weight the fact that it's a quarterback position. 
But the Giants, I believe, think that they can get their quarterback potentially with pick number 17. And if they have to move up a few spots, I also think that's a possibility. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I mentioned this. I wouldn't be surprised trading up to 12 or 13 or 9, 10, 11, something like that. I think probably more in the teens would be more realistic because you got to give up a lot to get from 17 to 9. For them to trade up and select, say, Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke, I've been on board with this. I think Drew Locke is their number one quarterback. I think they like Drew Locke and Daniel Jones uh, and... Drew Locke would probably be their preference. Now, we'll see how it pans out. I don't know that for a fact. I'm giving you my opinion. It's an educated opinion. It's not completely coming out of nowhere. But nobody comes out and specifically tells me, here's how they rank their quarterbacks. One, two, three, four. doesn't work that way. So, But I would lean towards Drew Locke. And if he's there at 17, I think they would jump at it. Do I think he's going to be there at 17? Probably not. Probably not. Daniel Jones, do I think he'll be there at 17? I think there's a good chance he is there at 17. I do. Will they pull the trigger on that? It's possible. You know, they already, in my first scenario, took a middle linebacker. So they would still be looking for edge rushers and pass rushers. So some of the players that might come into the consideration are, you know, Dexter Lawrence, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Brian Burns, I think is a strong possibility at 17 if they get there. Um, we'll see maybe offensive linemen drop. I think that's a possibility. If, uh, Andre Dillard or Jonah Williams for some reason were still there, I think maybe they would jump at one of those two guys. So there's possibilities. I'm actually going to have early next week my most likely Giants draft picks, five players, for pick six and five players for pick 17. So look out for that. That's always one of my favorite exercises to do every year. I, I was on a good run originally, had a little downturn. Uh, the Eli Apple thing was kind of a weird one because I feel like I was right in the fact that they wanted Jack Conklin or Leonard Floyd and the draft just turned out so wonky. But I did not have Eli Apple even as an option. So therefore I am wrong. And then the Evan Ingram one came completely off the grid for me. Uh, I did not think that was a possibility because there were people in that building that did not love Evan Ingram. But uh, the Giants at that time were had a lot of people, had a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, there's, there you know, who was wielding the power? We don't, we'll never really know. But uh, so I, I was thrown off on that one and I was wrong, flat out wrong. Last year, I kind of was right again, but kind of wrong. I had Saquon being the pick, but I did think that they might, and this I still stand by this, I thought their top quarterback was Sam Darnold. I thought they would pull the trigger if it came down to the option of both of them, which I didn't think really was going to happen because I thought Darnold was going to go number one. Uh, is I thought that they ultimately would pull the trigger if the option was available with Darnold over Saquon even though I picked Saquon as my most likely pick, but that was mostly contingent on Darnold going number one overall. So kind of right, kind of wrong. It's a tough exercise, but I think I'm, my goal is to try and lead you guys in the right direction from the information that I know. And I think for the most part, I accomplished that. You know, it's a draft. 
Sometimes you're going to be wrong. Sometimes you're going to be right. So Devin White, we'll see, right or wrong. But right now, that's who I'm going with in my mini mock for the Giants at number six. Now, on to the next one. It's time now for your favorite segment of this podcast. It's something that we usually call Giants After Dark, where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions. But since I'm actually taping this really early on Friday morning, on Good Friday, uh, our own ESPN reporter, Diana Rossini, suggested I should call it Giants After Sunset. But I actually think Giants After Dawn is a nice play on Giants After Dark. So we're going to go with, this week it's Giants After Dawn. And we're going to start with a question from Frank Steinberg on Twitter. He says, all of this feels like the Giants actually want a QB at six and are trying really hard not to telegraph. Or is it purely wishful thinking? Well, Frank, I could tell from your tone of that tweet that you hope that they really want a quarterback at six. Probably, I'm going to guess, it's a straight guess, you probably like Dwayne Haskins, which I, I do too. I think he's the second best quarterback in the draft. But I think it's wishful thinking. I really do believe this is – we're giving them too much credit if you think that they're pulling off some master plan here – to divert everybody. No, I think they honestly want a defensive player. They don't have anybody that absolutely blows them away in this draft at quarterback, so they're not willing to take a top six pick on that guy. And that's why I think they're more likely to draft a quarterback at 17 than they are at six because they view that as too important a spot, number six, and with too many really good top players that they view, difference-making players, potential all-pro-type players available that high in the draft at six that they don't think they should go quarterback. Now, I disagree. That's not the way I would go, but hey, I'm not running the team. And, and look, there's enough people out there that are throwing distractions for everybody, and, and you know, there's some people out there saying they want Haskins. There's some people saying that they want a quarterback at six. There's some people saying they don't. There's a little bit of everything out there that, it's hard for people to really tell, so I don't even think they even need to do a diversion. It happens naturally. All right, next we got Piano Politano 21 asks, How many picks do you think the Giants end up making this year? I'm thinking they use some to trade up into the third and get some more forts. I agree with that. I do think that they're going to use some of their later round capital and move up a little bit, specifically between their second round pick, which is 37, and their third round pick, which is the end of the third round. I believe it's, I don't know, if I can't remember off the top of my head, but 90-something, 95. That's a huge gap, right? And I'm, I think they're going to try and close that gap a little bit, maybe take a fourth and a sixth and try and move into the third, stuff like that. So I expect the Giants have 12 picks. Let's say they end up making nine. Okay? And you also have to take into consideration, if they do not draft a quarterback at six, and if they do not draft a quarterback at 17, which I have been a proponent, not a proponent of, but I have been saying is a distinct possibility, then they better start moving picks into 2020 because they're going to need draft capital to move up at that point to get a quarterback. So it's imperative to me that they use some of them 
for future picks as well. Like, there's no reason, and Dave Gettleman, he said at his pre-draft press conference that he didn't want to draft guys that he, that he might have to cut. And if you draft 12 guys, you're going to draft guys you're going to have to cut. So I'm going to say nine is probably the, 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 almost the maximum that, or the, the, probably that's the sweet spot. Ten is the maximum I'd say that they actually do, but nine even more likely picks out of the twelve. So, all right. Question from James Klaus. He asked me this on Instagram. Hey Jordan, I have a quick question. Martez Sweat, Montez Sweat, sorry, has been linked to the Giants by you and other reporters, but I haven't seen any reports of a top thirty visit meetings, etc. I know Gettleman is big on the complete process for prospects, so I was wondering if they have met and if it wasn't reported, or maybe you're hearing. They're interested from your sources. Thanks. I appreciate your work. All right, James. I don't know specifically. You know, sometimes certain people keep their uh, visits quiet. And Montez Sweat appears to be one of them. We don't know really how much work the Giants have done on him. But I will say this. I don't know for a fact if they met with him. But I will say that I will say I would be stunned. And I'm almost positive they have met with him, whether it's them going down to visit him at his home, where they brought him in for a top 30 visit, because there's questions about Montez Sweat to the to the point where I think he's probably even too risky for the Giants to draft at number six. Like There's too many red flags that I don't think he's even an option for them at number six right now. Between the medical, he had a heart issue come up at the Combine, and he also has a past, right? You know, he, he's originally started at Michigan State. You know, he ended at Mississippi State, but he had issues that got him kicked out of Michigan State or it made him force him to leave Michigan State, whatever, however you want to phrase it. So these flags make him a risk to the point where I think that there's teams that wouldn't take him especially high. So top five, top six pick, I don't think that's on the board for Montez Sweat right now. And that's not my opinion. That's kind of what I've heard. So Jeff Schubert at JM Schubert. He asks, any under the radar guys that you heard the Giants might be interested in for day three of the draft? Right. And I'll just throw out because we haven't really talked much about anything outside of day one. So I'll just throw out some guys, you know, just to keep an eye on whether they, you know, I think they just fit. Or I've heard their name come up in conversations, or I've heard good things about them, or the Giants may be interested. So some of the guys I think maybe you should keep an eye on, depending on where they go with their first two picks, maybe Anthony Nelson, uh, defensive lineman, uh, uh, pass rusher, kind of an interior rusher, big, long, rangy guy from Iowa. I think maybe in the second round would be a possibility. Ditto Caleb McGarry, uh, right tackle from Washington. If the Giants don't go tackle in the first two rounds. Look out for this guy. Big power right tackle. Kind of fits the Dave Gettleman mold. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people that like him. Will Harris, the safety from Boston College, maybe in the third or fourth round. Uh, this is a guy that a bunch of teams like. I, I think he could do well in this draft. It's possible the Giants with with their third and fourth round picks could come away with him. Uh, Cole Holcomb, a linebacker from UNC. is more probably like a fifth, sixth round guy. Uh, speedy cover guy. Ran really well at his pro day. It wasn't invited to the combine, but that pro day uh, was impressive from what I heard. So I think that's a possibility. Cornerback Duke Shelley. This is a real late one from Kansas State. A wide receiver David Sills uh, from West Virginia, maybe in like the 
the fifth, sixth round range. Uh, Dave Gettleman mentioned how wide receivers was a thick group, right? It's not as, he didn't, he didn't say this, but from people I talked to around the league, it's not very strong up top, but it is very strong in the middle rounds. There's a lot of depth. Like there's not a lot of difference between the guys maybe you would find in the bottom of the second, third round in the, in the fifth round. So there's a lot of options there. Expect the Giants to take a wide receiver somewhere in those middle rounds. I'd expect them to take a bunch of cornerbacks too, probably cornerback safety, defensive backs in that that second, third round range. There's a lot of that. That's the sort of the sweet spot for them. Uh, linebacker, speedy cover linebacker, middle late rounds. I think the Giants will go in that direction. That's kind of how I see it, it going, it working. Uh, an offensive line, depending on how it plays out, maybe. 17, I think, is a possibility. Top of the second round is a possibility. Or if not, maybe a bunch of middle round guys. So that's how, that's how I sort of see the, the later rounds playing, playing out. So, all right. Next question. J underscore Schmidt says, I really love Ed Oliver if the top five goes as expected and the big three plus white are off the board. Wondering if there are any character concerns with Oliver that could scare away the Giants. And I will say this about Ed Oliver. I do not think that is a problem. I know there was something where he, he might have bubbled, uh, butted heads with his coach at the end of the year. I haven't heard anything to the likes of that being that's going, something that's going to affect him or that, you know, he was looking towards, uh, getting to the NFL all season this past year. I haven't heard anything about red flags and I wouldn't expect the Giants to have any problems with Ed Oliver. It seems like everyone I talk to, they like the kid or the young man and, you only hear good things about him, like just plays his butt off, uh, plays fast, quick, gets up field, uses his hands well. If you listened earlier, you heard that I said that I thought he was going to end up going number four to the Raiders. So there are people around the league that really, really like Ed Oliver. So I don't see there being flags for Ed Oliver at this point. Uh, Montez Sweat, as we just talked about, is the one that I would go with more on that than uh, at Oliver. So Aaron Bush at AB 670 says, is it wrong to view Daniel Jones as Dave Brown 2.0? And what are the chances the Giants view a guy like Will Greer or Jared Stidham as a guy who can be a starting quarterback if they sit behind Eli and learn? Daniel Jones as Dave Brown 2.0, that's unfair to him. I mean, that was so long ago. It was a different situation. It was a different game at the time. I... Look, everybody is different. I, I don't think that's fair to, to Daniel Jones. And as much as I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan, and I don't think his, his physical skills are great, I don't think there's really that big a comparison to Daniel Jones at this point, at least anything that's fair to the kid, aside from the fact that he's sort of a Duke quarterback built like him. But no, I don't think that's fair. So I'm going to say no on that one. Gi- and as far as Will Greer or Jared Stidham, look, Enough. Just take a top guy. Why are they going to take a, pro- a semi-project, have him sit and learn? I mean, they, they already did that twice in a row. I got it. I got all excited last week about the same thing. They already drafted a third and a fourth round in the last two years. They're really going to go and, and dip into another another round of projects? Just draft a quarterback already. Thank you. Next question. At Big Dogs 1318 S. If Justin Herbert came out in this draft, do you think the Giants would be having, be willing to trade up and make a deal with the Jets at three? And if so, what type of package would they have given up? Also, who do you think is the top player on the Giants board in this draft? Uh, would they have traded up with the Jets? I'd say probably not. The Giants, if you go back and look at the history, they do not make trades with the Jets. 
I mean, they didn't offer, they didn't call the Jets last year to try and get him to move up one spot. So I just don't see the Giants at any point trading up with the Jets or trading with the Jets. It's just not something this organization seems willing to do right now. Uh, I, d- I disagree with that, too. You should be open-minded. Who cares if they're the Jets? Trying to make your team as good as possible. It doesn't matter what the, who that other team is. They haven't traded with the Jets in forever. So, no, I don't think they would do that. Maybe for another team. I do think Herbert would probably be the number two quarterback behind Kyler Murray in this draft. Probably would go in the top five range from what you hear, but you don't really know because he hasn't really gone through the whole process. That's sort of my take on that. And who do I think is the top player in the Giants board in this draft? My guess, you know, educated guess would be Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen being the top player in the Giants board in this draft. Just think that they're both just tremendous prospects, and I, I know they're really high on both those guys. So it would probably be one of those two. I don't know which one. So take your pick. Either way, tomato, tomato, both going to be great players. At Eli the Goat asked me, do you still have nightmares about Eric Flowers? I think they're pretty sure this is in jest, and he's sort of trolling me here. But I'll answer this as if it's serious, and, and I'll play along with Eli the Goat here, who, by the way, has... It also says on his handle for Twitter, uh, Daniel Jones season. So, uh, Dudley season. So we'll, but we'll take that question as, anyway, and, uh, nightmares about Eric Flowers. No, never had nightmares about Eric Flowers. It was a strange situation. It happened so quickly. It wasn't, I didn't get jacked up. I didn't get hurt. My feelings didn't get hurt. And you know what? The ironic part is, it's somebody that when he was drafted, I was really big on the pick. I thought it was going to work out. I thought it was going to be a good one. I th- I thought I thought he had the potential to grow into a really good player, and he didn't. And some people have died died on that hill the next couple of years, and it had nothing to really do with him pushing me because he was already struggling. He had let up like three or three sacks that game. It was more that he was struggling on the field that I realized this wasn't going to work. He wasn't getting any better. He wasn't working the way anybody wanted him to. He wasn't getting along with people that you would expect him to. So hurt, definitely not. Moved on, yeah. I think that's a fair, that's a fair explanation for me or, or way to describe it at this point. We're pretty much done with the Eric Flowers deal. I think after this draft, we're going to get to the point where we're we're past Eric Flowers completely once they draft and complete that offensive line rebuild. Uh, and the final question comes from CEO Rock 35. If one of the Giants quarterback, first two picks aren't a quarterback, who do you have available to pick up your head when it explodes? And I will say this. Actually, I, my head will not explode if they pass on a quarterback because I'm, I almost expect it at this point. I put it at probably 40, 50% chance that they're going to pass on a quarterback in the first round of this draft. And don't completely disagree with it at this point either. Because I understand they might not love any of these guys, okay? Let's say they don't love these guys, and I think that's entirely possible. Then the right move is to kind of defer it and pass. And if anything, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, the trade of Odell Beckham allowed them to push this decision back one more year, in my, more so than if he was here. If he was here, the clock would be ticking. You have Saquon and Odell, you can't waste them away. And, and the frustration with build and build and build. Now I think deep down guys know that this is going to be a pseudo rebuilding year. You don't just trade Odell Beckham, dump Olivier Vernon, allow Landon Collins to walk and expect deep down your team to get better. 
oh, we're going to be a good team. We're going to compete for a Super Bowl. Well, well, you're getting rid of those. Those are darn good players. So they understand deep down that this is going to take time. So for me, no, my head wouldn't explode. I think at this point it's, it's not the end of the world if they take that quarterback decision into 2020. Now, if they don't move on from Eli, if he plays poorly this year, then my head will explode. And if they don't draft a, or get a quarterback by a real, true franchise quarterback by next year, yes, then my head will explode. In the meantime, my head's in one piece. On to the next one. We're getting near the end of this draft episode, but I'll give you a little a little draft story of sort of what it's like to be an NFL reporter, what it's sort of like to cover the Giants. And uh, I'll tell you a little story about the draft that was uh, the 2014 draft, the the Odell Beckham Jr. draft. When the Giants drafted Odell, they were really high on, on Zach Martin. I think it was the day or day of the draft or the day before the draft. Somebody I know reached out to me, a source, and said, uh, you know, the Giants are interested in Johnny Manziel and, you know, that they would contemplate it. And I so I – look, I knew I was being used at this point. And but my boss at the time was demand. You know, said you got to write that up. You got you got to write a story. So I tried to write it real, real cautiously and and you know in a way where I didn't make it seem like the Giants are would actually go in that direction. Just that they would consider it and then turned into a disaster. And I knew I was getting used on this one, right? And it was like, you know, am I just doing this person a favor by at this time? And that's sort of what it felt like. And I. I really felt just wrong about the whole thing. And this is, this is some of the things that you deal with. You have to decide whether it's worth something worth reporting, whether it's reliable information. And I, and I did think that they would consider it. And that's why I decided to write it because I thought knowing who it came from that, yeah, it was something that they would consider if he was on the board, depending on who's the other players that were still available. Now, I didn't think they would actually pull the trigger on it. Maybe it would be a one-second part of the discussion. And I tried to write it very carefully and gently around that, and it didn't really work that way. And my editor took it, and he's like, well, we want to get the stronger stuff near the top, and turned into a mess. Not It wasn't was a non-desirable situation that I found myself in. And I ended up reporting it, but it was something I didn't feel great about, right? I mean, there, there are times where you're, you're in that situation. Uh, you know, you, 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 there are times where you battle with editors, right? You're like, no, I don't want to, I don't think we should go with this. And you go back and forth. And sometimes you win, you push, and sometimes you lose. And so these decisions are made and it's a group decision. And then you decide, you know, how you want to put it out there and how you want to do it. So I remember that some people want to bring it up once in a while. I'll, I'll see it on Twitter. People reminded me about it. I know. I know what it is. I know the whole background to it. I give you guys an idea of sort of working with sources. You find yourself in these situations, and that's that's one that I didn't feel great about, but I had to you know, take it on the chin. With that, that's the end of this episode. This draft episode of Breaking Big Blue. Giants pick 6 and 17 next Thursday. Make sure you catch. We're going to do a live NFL Nation uh, mock draft on TV Tuesday night. So make sure you watch that. I'll have my Giants pick there. We'll see how that draft plays out. And uh, also, I'll try and squeeze another podcast in next week, maybe on Wednesday. Maybe. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe do a Periscope 
early next week as well because we got a lot of draft to talk. So if you have questions, hang around, shoot your questions my way, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, wherever you can catch me, feel free to reach out. I'll try and answer your question. And also, give this podcast a good review, Breaking Big Blue. We're trying to grow it. I appreciate everyone here that's listening, but tell your friends. Let's make it bigger. Let's make it better. Okay? You can catch it on the ESPN app, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you catch your podcasts. And with that, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com, Giants reporter. See you next time.